Welcome to our show, Film Talk with A.J. Dean. I'm A.J. Dean, your host. And oh my gosh, tonight is a dream come true. I have in the building one of the best stunt people and actresses in the entertainment industry. We have Elizabeth Davidovich, also known by as Busy, and um, she's absolutely wonderful. Let's give her a super super special warm welcome hello elizabeth how are you thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it um i'm i'm doing very well thank you i am on east coast time so if i seem a little bit sleepy a little bit tired that's why <laughs> that's oh. my excuse <laughs> Okay, wonderful. Well, we'll try to wrap it up and not be too long so we can respect your time. And again, I want to thank you so much for being here. And also, I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Yvette Vargas from New Hollywood. But I want to say thank you, Yvette, for introducing us to uh, Elizabeth Davidovich. She is amazing. And isn't that right, Elizabeth? I yeah definitely well I appreciate that and yes thank you Yvette um I, I've it's just been such an amazing group of people uh to connect with and AJ is just one of them so I'm very very grateful thank you so much well you are such a class act can I say that to start the show and you are so important and you've had an incredible career. I want to share with everybody how wonderful all the things that you have done. You've done um, stunts. We're going to talk about that. And you've done uh, you've had prosthetics and makeup, um, especially like in The Walking Dead, which is on now the poster here. And you've got a lot of wonderful stories, as well as we've got the poster, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. So please take it away, Busy, and tell us some stories about these great, great film productions. Well, I can tell you that I did stunts for about five years in the independent film community. So basically doing stunts for free um, just for the love of it. As soon as I discovered the combination of, because um, I was a professional athlete my entire life. I was a competitive gymnast. And as soon as I got to Atlanta and I uh, started getting involved in the, just the performing community in general, Almost immediately, I found myself involved in independent film, and it wasn't long before I think I was actually holding a boom mic at one point, and the director was like, I just need somebody to jump over this car, and I was like, I can jump over the car, and so I just naturally started understanding that stunt work was more than just getting hit by cars and falling downstairs. It is the professional athlete on set. And so I remember having this aha moment of, oh my gosh, all of my skills that I've acquired through gymnastics. Um, and I, I did other sports, but I always came back to gymnastics. And as a, just a natural storyteller and always having visions of maybe growing up and doing music videos one day, because I was obsessed with Janet Jackson and Rhythm Nation and all of these amazing visual things. So once I started getting involved in 
independent film and realized that that was my value, that I was the professional athlete on set. I had this aha moment and I was like, huh, maybe stunts is something I should do. And almost immediately those opportunities started presenting themselves. And so when Walking Dead showed up in 2010, I was one of three girls in Atlanta that had a SAG card and I, I got picked up uh, immediately. I was in the, um, not the first episode, but the second episode, I was the first stunt girl on the show to get killed. Um, I was uh, the first stunt girl that um, Andy Lincoln ever had to, had to kill. And so we had this crazy moment where the first time that he jumps out of the tank and sees this just horde of zombies for the first time, I'm the first girl that he shoots in the face. And so on the very first take, he came and we all know that when you're shooting a gun on set, you point offline. You never point directly. There's no need. So he accidentally pointed the gun right in my face. <laughs> and that was one of my first experiences actually having, and of course it's a blank, it only had a quarter load, but I remember tasting the gunpowder. It was at that close range. So people give me credit for this amazing reaction. I'm like, that was not acting. <laughs> I was genuinely shot in the face, natural reaction. And of course, after the scene cut, he runs to me and he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know I'm not supposed to do that. It was just so real. And so it was, that was like my first day on Walking Dead. Um, it, it was epic is really the only word that I can think of. And so after that, I was, uh, I was like, okay, <laughs> stunts is, uh, this, this is going to be interesting. It's, it's way more than what I expected. And I very quickly learned that you develop strong relationships with every single department. So sitting in the makeup chair and having those amazing prosthetics put on it's, it's such a process and it was so intense that the first time I was ever dressed as a walker and the first time I went to the bathroom, I actually, when I looked in the mirror, I scared myself because <laughs> I was so not used to seeing something that detailed, that real. I mean, it was the, the makeup on that show. I, I mean, I don't need to tell the fans absolutely top-notch best in the business so having an opportunity to start my career with just some of the most talented people in the industry really set my standards high and so every project that I've worked on since I have these very very high standards very very high expectations and I bring that to whatever project I'm working on, regardless of the budget, regardless of who, you know, if there's big names or not, it's that level of commitment, that level of passion. And that's the one thing that has been consistent from all the no budget freebies to, you know, the biggest budget projects. Um, but Walking Dead was my rite of passage, you could say. Absolutely amazing. And I have a picture here of you in full zombie 
attire and I just love it. Look at, you're absolutely right. It is, it, they transform uh, us into something. Well, it's just absolutely magical. And I love that you got that high standard uh, top class, like you mentioned, top notch. That's with the pros and that's who you are busy and that's why it's so wonderful to celebrate uh beautiful hearts like you because you are the integral part of the entertainment industry you keep the wheel running in the very best way and so i'm so proud of you now how long did it take for this did it take hours and hours for this this particular makeup that we're looking at was about an hour and a half um and the only reason that it wasn't longer um because in the first few seasons they still used my real hair so this was before we had to do like bald caps and and extensive makeup that was like like with bone showing so these initial makeups on average an hour and a half to two hours Wow, this is thrilling. And I want to say, you know, everybody, everyone knows The Walking Dead. Um, it's just how wonderful to be a part of that great production, Busy. It was one of those experiences where even in the moment, I knew that I was a part of something really special. The first time that I stepped out onto that set, and this was uh, the first season, of course, we were still shooting in downtown Atlanta. So the first time I walked out on set, I had to walk through uh, Woodruff Park, which is, you know, it's, it's a very small park right in the middle, right in the heart of downtown Atlanta. And I had already had my zombie lenses put in, so I needed help making my way to set because it's um, your vision is definitely a little obscured when you've got the lenses in. Um, so I was literally being like, you know, my handheld walking through Woodruff Park. And I just remember feeling everyone's attention turning and like, oh, my God, what is that? And then when I actually made it out onto set, there was about eight square blocks that was dressed as if it was the apocalypse. That is a massive set, massive. And so to look and, and to just, as soon as I walked out there and I saw how huge this production was and how detailed, I immediately knew, I was like, this is something special. This, this is gonna be, uh, and I had, of course, nobody back then had any idea what degree of success it was going to be. But I think all of us knew on some level, this is a major paradigm shift for not just for Atlanta, but for television. Like I, I was like, I can't even, I don't know any show that does something this huge. So it was really exciting at the onset and it, it only got more exciting as time went on, as new characters were introduced and we, we were coming up with more and more creative locations and creative ways to kill zombies. I've been killed over 50 times as a walker and no two kills have ever been the same. <laughs>
Isn't that something? And you know, when you were, when everyone was looking at you, um, th that's because the makeup was done so well. And I bet when you, did you feel comfortable when you got on with all the other zombies? The only time it was uncomfortable was when we would be at lunch and we would have the walkers and then we would have the human actors and a lot of the human actors it almost looked like they were having a hard time eating next to these bloody disgusting monsters so that was the only time that i felt compelled to like turn my back to the actors because i felt like i they can't even eat when they're looking at me i'm so disgusting <laughs> Yes. And so um, that's amazing. And you know, confidence that you have that you you've done that and gone through the experience. Did you have a lot of extensive training? Did the studio or TV, you know, areas help you with that? Tell us a little bit about that, Busy. The majority of my training, as with most stunt people, came from my professional athletic background. So the, like I said, the majority of it came from being a gymnast and already knowing how to fall, how to take a hard hit, um, and not just endure it, but to be able to genuinely not get hurt. And so there's an expression, uh, we call it intestinal fortitude. So it's not only having the physical strength to be able to execute it. And even if it's perfect, you're gonna have to do multiple takes to get different kinds of coverage. So endurance is absolutely necessary. There is, There are some training schools for specialty, whether it's driving or fire, um, but generally speaking, there's not really a, a, a training program that encompasses everything that you need to know in stunts. So part of the job of being a stunt person is to educate yourself. So rather than doing, um, uh, like I actually took fight classes and then learned how to adapt those techniques for film. Um, and that's probably a terrible example because of all the things that I do, fights are by far the worst. Um, I have too much ballet training, so I, I stand up too tall. And uh, But I do know, like I said, how to take a hard hit. I know how to maintain my energy level so that I can replicate that same action over and over again. A lot of it is, is also acting. So yes, I'm falling or yes, I'm, uh, you know, getting stabbed in the head or or whatever but i'm not doing it as elizabeth i'm i'm doing it as a walker in this case so one of the things that and the reason why i smiled is because walking dead in particular they do have a zombie school um and it's mostly for our background to make sure that no one's doing like the frankenstein arms or anything like that but when we would um, at the very beginning, like before every season started, our main director and showrunner, Greg Nicotero, he wanted to see how the stunt people moved. And so 
he would actually bring us to the studio. The stunt coordinator would bring, you know, a big group of people and say, well, these are all the people I'm, you know, probably going to kill this season. And, and so he would actually have us just walk through, we would do it at like in the cafeteria <laughs> and we would have to uh, work with the director and, and he would tweak very specific, like this shoulder like this and your arms like this. And so they really were very hands-on when it came to how they wanted the walkers to move. And then it was our job to maintain that while we're, you know, getting punched or kicked or, you know, all, all the things. So it's a combination of a lot of different kind of training, but it is the responsibility of every individual stunt person to go do that training on their own and then adapt it. For film so it's it's a never-ending education and even now i am still regularly uh you know I, I do driving training i do uh consistently doing fire training because that that's a skill that should never get rusty um so it's it, it's something that a person needs to be very motivated to do on their own um, and, and the reason why I even, I'm choosing my words carefully because there are a few organizations out there that are legitimate, that will take you through the basics, but even then at, at the end of the, the program, they'll still tell you, you need to, on your own, continue to develop these skills. So on your own, um, and that's one of the reasons why I built my own facility was because there there wasn't really a place to go practice these skills that wouldn't like upset civilians. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, even just doing, um, you know, falls, basic acrobatic stuff, working with weapons, there's so many different aspects to stunt work that it is a full time job, absolutely, to acquire skills to make them better, sharper, faster, cleaner, and then how to sell all of those things for camera. So it's an ongoing education, but it is very self-motivated. Um, and um, I, I guess that about sums it up. But it, and again, there are some stunt people who they only want to do driving or they only want to do fights or they own. And it's very difficult to build an entire career doing just one specialty thing. So most stunt people will continuously educate themselves in all of those different avenues so that we can be more of a value on set so that you know, if they bring me on to double this one actress, I should be able to, you know, do her fights, do her falls, do her driving. Um, so, so the more skills you have, the more valuable you are, the more likely you are to work. Um, so it's kind of a self, very self-motivated um, education. You have done so well, and I'm so proud of you. I just want to say that again, you built your own facility Tell us about that. Is it is it something private just to you or do you rent it out to certain people or is it for your your own self training? The um, the original inspiration was in the spirit of 
having to train every single day. Like once I decided that stunts is what I want to do, that's my full-time job. And if I'm not on set, then it's my job to get, get better and be of value so that I can end up on set. And so what I, I grew up in a, um, in a gymnastic school, my parents were Ukrainian immigrants and both of them gymnastics instructors. So they built a gym and I have no memory of not being in that. Like my earliest childhood memory was being in their gym. And so growing up in that kind of environment, once I made the decision that I wanted to pursue stunt work, I tried to establish uh, at different gymnastic schools, different martial arts facilities. I'm like, hey, can we come into your space on Mondays? Can we come to your space on Saturdays? And it became so tedious that my close network of up and coming stunt brothers uh, and sisters, we would go to these different facilities and I'm like, oh my God, we just need our own home. We just need our own place where we're not going to upset the children when we bring our weapons out. We're not going to upset the parents when we start doing, you know, fake fighting. So the inspiration came out of necessity. We, we just needed a home base. So my thought was, well, I have experience of growing up in my parents' gym. I have some understanding of how that kind of facility needs to be run. So rather than have a gymnastics uh, facility, what if I just opened a gym that was only available to stunt people and it would be like our own little private crunch fitness where we would set up a fight area, a trampoline, a spring floor, a stretch area, a place out back where we can set each other on fire. And so that was that was kind of the inspiration. And the idea being that if I get enough members, that would help sustain the facility and then I'll just be responsible for organizing it. So that was the inspiration. And that was, oh my gosh, 11 years ago. <laughs> oh my God, I need to stop doing math. <laughs> That's great. That is great. Is it still going on? Mm -hmm. Oh my Actually, God. Um, this year I'm very proud. Uh, I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but, um, I am officially expanding. Um, right now the facility that I've been in is, uh, it's 5,800 square feet, but the ceilings are only 18 feet high. And for the kind of rigging and for, for the kind of acrobatics that, um, we need to do, I need at least 25 foot ceilings. Um, and so I'm, I'm very proud to say that, uh, I am going to be expanding very, very soon. Amazing, Elizabeth and congratulations and so well-deserved because you put so many years into it. And I just want to say bravo on being a gymnast and already having those skills. That was a blessing. You know, you're such a gift because you're so skilled, you're so talented in a variety of different um, stunts. And then as well, you've got the bonus because you can be act, you're a great actress. I mean, it just falls into place, doesn't it? That's how I'm seeing your story. It's a beautiful story. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for that. I, I definitely look at acting as... Um, 
one of the things I've definitely had to work at the hardest because one of my biggest fears actually was, um, well, when I was growing up, I, because I was such a serious competitive gymnast, I, rather than go to high school, I actually homeschooled. And so from ninth grade on, um, I was at the gym full time. And I didn't realize that one of the sacrifices was I kind of lost the ability to socialize. I did not know how to talk to people my own age. If it wasn't about gymnastics, I just. And so I be I, I was very quiet and naturally I've always been a, a bit of an introvert anyway. But by the time I graduated from high school, I like a lot of people thought I was a mute. I just I, I I didn't know how to talk to people. And so rhythmic gymnastics, which is the the sport that I was competing in, was not offered in collegiate gymnastics. So when I got to graduation age, I had to make a decision. Do I continue to pursue this when people are already calling me grandma? <laughs> Or do I go to college and start a life? And um, the way I the way I articulated it in my mind was join the real world. Um, so I joined the real world, and I uh, I went to Georgia State University, and I picked theater to major in because I could not think of anything scarier than getting up on stage and having to talk to hundreds or like a thousand people. And so just the thought would like my heart would pound out of my chest. And so I thought, well, that'll be a good way for me to challenge myself. Because if I don't step outside my comfort zone, I'm going to be living this very timid life. And that would be such a disservice to my parents because of how much they sacrificed and how hard they worked and how difficult of a process it was from them to make it from the Ukraine to the United States. And I remember I was actually the first in my family born in the United States. And I just remember growing up, like I remember when we had meat for the first time and how my parents were celebrating and, and saying we're rich and, and I just, I remember all of those milestones. Um, we were living in a one bedroom apartment with my mom, my dad, my grandma and grandpa, my other grandma, my sister and me, but we felt so wealthy because we were the only family living in that one apartment. And I remember so distinctly every milestone and again, my parents had such an amazing work ethic that by the time I got to the age where I was able to appreciate it, I honestly felt like the way that I was living my life was, was doing them a disservice. They moved to this country so that I could have these kinds of freedoms. And what was I doing with it? Living like a, like a, a mouse. And so I thought, okay, well, let me do the scariest thing that I can think of. And maybe that'll pull me out of my shell a little bit. And then I can, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do with it after that. But by being a theater major, 
of course, I started looking at, well, what kind of auditions are going on in town? And, and that led one thing led to another to another. And here I am now. I love this. It's it's so wonderful. And I know your parents are proud of you and you've done so great. You know, life is a process for all of us, everyone. And you've handled each phase beautifully. And also, Elizabeth, I love your heart that you're humble and appreciative of life. And, um, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You've always had this great um energy and strength within you and i see that now and it's just going to continue and you've done like i said you've contributed thank you so much for all this great entertainment that you have given yes, us so and this is so wonderful and i'm enjoying it so much elizabeth um can we uh talk a little bit about we've got oprah winfrey on the on the screen here can you imagine everybody loves and knows oprah and it's called the immortal life of henrietta Lacks. Can you share with us the story behind that? That is a project that I am so incredibly proud to have been a part of. Um, and anyone who's familiar with the story knows that it's a true story. Um, when this project was first offered to me, of course, the first thing that I did was read the book. And I was mortified. How have I never heard of this woman? What an amazing story. And one of the things that I absolutely love is um, the, the daughter of Henrietta at one point even said, and when they make the movie, Oprah's going to play me. <laughs> so she, she even like put that out there. And so I, to be perfectly honest, I was very indifferent to Oprah. I wasn't like one of her followers, uh, but I, I didn't dislike her. I just was very indifferent. Um, before intim intimacy coordinating was even a thing, anytime there would be anything that resembled assault, sexual assault, child abuse, any domestic violence, that would always fall on the stunt coordinator because that would fall under the umbrella of action. So one of the reasons why I believe I was brought onto this project is because I, I was probably the only female stunt person that this uh, producer had, had heard of. And so they brought me in to interview and I interviewed with three of the producers. And I remember very distinctly telling them that regardless of what the action is, that my emphasis is on telling the story. And because this was such a powerful story, I think because of that and because I was a female and the nature of the story does involve some sexual assault, I think that's uh, why they, they decided to bring me on. And I was so, it, it was so important to me that the pinnacle scene of the 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 sexual assault that it was i i was so adamant about making sure that it was handled with dignity with respect but that we were actually telling the story of the trauma because this was a true story and it was so important to me that the audience understood it's not about anything specifically visual 
but the audience really needed to feel the terror that this young lady was feeling and the fact that this assault was happening to her by a family member. Like there were so many aspects of the story that you couldn't necessarily, it's not easy to, sh to share with just visuals. So one of the things that I asked for was a full rehearsal day, the day before filming, just privately with that actress and that actor, making absolutely sure that they were comfortable with each other, that they were comfortable with the, and the choreography was so specific. Every button ripping, every hand, every single moment of it was choreographed very specifically so that the camera would follow and capture those moments to build up that sense of anxiety, to build up that, that, that sense of helplessness. And it was a very long rehearsal. And I'm so grateful that production gave me the, that luxury. And the director at one point came in towards the end of rehearsal. And I remember making sure, you know, that he was happy with what it is that we were doing. And he was over the moon. He was like, yes, this, this is it. This is exact. Oh my God, I can't, I can't wait to shoot this. So cut to the next day, we're on set. We're going through all of the action with our DP to make sure that he got the camera movement as, as it was choreographed. We send our talent away for last looks. We put our stand-ins on the couch and the director turns to me and says, I think I like the stand-in better. My, my, like my heart sank. I was like, but I did this rehearsal for hours and hours and hours. This actor was so dialed in and you want me to switch him out at the last minute? But we do what the directors ask, right? So I walked while my actress was literally like they were doing last looks on her and I'm okay, here I am with the stand-in and let me, you know, let me walk you through the process. And of course it was very tedious. Um, I was so impressed. This guy picked it up and the director made the right call. 100%. This guy was he was perfect. What ended up happening was the director didn't know every single beat. And so when it came time to shoot it, I was standing next to him at the monitor. And whenever he would be ready for the next beat, he would just start slapping me. And I'm like, uh, 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 okay. And it became very awkward. And so finally he was like, you call it. I've never directed before. And so to be put in a position where the director turns to me and says, you call it. Okay, here we go. So I was laser focused. My actors were absolutely tremendous. My DP was a rock star. And I had no idea that Miss Oprah had walked in and was watching the whole thing. The reason why that was so meaningful to me 
this woman walked in and I mean, she is a, she's an icon, but she came in so quiet, so humble, no makeup, no fanfare, no entourage. She just came in as a producer and very quietly sat back in video village to make sure that things were getting done the way that she wanted. So I, I was also very, very lucky that the crew was so respectful and they did every single thing that I asked, including the moment we call cut. I don't want to hear a word on set. Nobody moves. Nobody breathes. I don't want to hear equipment moving around until I know that my actress is composed and that she's okay. The crew was so respectful. The director was amazing. And we did, I, I think we did a series of, I think all in all, we did it five or six times and it was a long scene. So it was very intense, but we got it. And by the end of it, everybody was so emotional and I turned around and Miss Oprah gives me the, the nod of approval. That had to have been absolutely one of the highlights. I mean, at that point, that was the highlight of my career because it was a combination of a very specific kind of physical movement, but it was so about the storytelling. It was so about creating that, the feeling and so to be given the opportunity on that platform with with this level of it blew my mind and it was one of those moments where i was like how did i get here how did i end up doing this with these people and then being so set up for success and there were there were a lot of other things that we did in this film but at the end of it, when I was when I was watching the movie and I remember watching that scene, it took me right back to that day and how supportive the crew was, how amazing Miss Oprah was, which, of course, you know, she she says you don't have to call me Miss Oprah, but I can't not give her that respect because, again, she was iconic. And then when it came time to work with her to do some physical action. At one point she choke slams uh, our other actress, uh, slams her up against a wall. And so I also did have to work directly with her. How humble this woman, considering how iconic she is and influential. And, and I couldn't believe how, it was a very humbling experience. And so I, I have so much pride in this one particular project because it is an incredible true story. And a lot of people are going to only know this story through the film. And so having any association with it, that's, that absolutely is one of the, the things that I am the most proud of. Just absolutely amazing. What an honor and what an incredible memory and experience. It's really a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity, like you said, and I'm just so thankful you had that chance. I love Oprah. I, I know so many people love Oprah. We respect her so much. We love her 
and adore her. She is incredible. She's amazing. And for you to get the chance to work with her, my, oh my, what an absolute dream come true. And uh, just absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yes, it is a highlight. It's a highlight to this show and it's a highlight in your life. And, you know, what a, what a wonderful thing to get a nod and approval from Ms. Oprah, Ms. Oprah Winfrey. That's like a superstar pat on the back, isn't it, Elizabeth? 100%. And I, stunt people, a lot of times, we, we don't get that attaboy because that's for our actors. Like we just pull up on the motorcycle. It's the actress that takes the helmet off and, and gets all the credit, you know? So the, the Vin Diesel's of the world, they're the ones that are supposed to get the credit, but we, we know they're not, you know what I mean? So to get an attaboy on, on that level from someone that I hold in such high regard, absolutely. Yeah. Not only career highlight, but life highlight. Um, and, and a lot of people, um, you know, when they think of stunts and they, th there are so many projects that I've been a part of that, you know, these are serious dramas. They're not known for action. And, but that's, I'm, I'm more than fine with that because just the little bit that I contributed mattered. And so that that's all that's that's enough for me to say I contributed, even if it was just for a few seconds, just in this, you know, one scene here and a two seconds here. But it made the difference and it helped tell the story. Mm -hmm. That's enough for me. Yes, I love it. And I want to recommend everybody to check out The Walking Dead if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's incredible and also the immortal life of henrietta Lacks. and is that still on hbo or they can just google it right elizabeth yes yeah wonderful okay speaking of doubles i've got another picture here i want to put on the screen you've got this is these two are these are great uh great photos and look at the wardrobe and even down to the tattoo uh on the second picture you know such attention to detail um, you covered all bases. Tell us about these two great photos, Elizabeth. Uh, well, the more familiar face, uh, Miss Molly Shannon. Um, I doubled her on a really goofy movie called Scary Movie Five. Um, I, <laughs> it's, uh, it was ridiculous as we were filming it, and we knew it. But uh, one of the executive producers was uh, um, one of the creators of Airplane, one of the most iconic com uh, comedies of all time. And so being in a position where I'm doubling for an actress who is known for physical comedy, one of the stunts that I got to do for her um the the scene in the movie is it the the joke is she's got like um she's got she, she's got a, a neck brace she's got one leg in a cast she's on crutches um and she does this really ridiculous um pratfall into a bunch of uh flats that are like 20 feet high and so these flats like are collapsing on her really really goofy 
being able to make her laugh, being able to make those guys from airplane laugh. I remember being underneath those flats and hearing people go, Oh my God, is she okay? Like we can, is she giving the thumbs up? Is she okay? And I'm under there just giggling because yes, of course, I mean, it hurts, but whatever, that's my job. But to hear them laughing, I just, I wanted to go again. I wanted to do it again and again and again. And I was, I've never been one of those people to ask for a photo uh, with my with my actress, Molly actually came to me and asked, uh, I, I think she gave the phone to like one of our wardrobe people, but she was like, can you get a picture of me with my stunt double? And I just remember thinking, oh my God. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, I would love to take a picture with you. Um, and yeah, to, to be able to do something to make her laugh, considering how much laughter she's brought to me and my family. She has to be one of the most gracious and one of the most amazing actresses that I've ever had the pleasure of calling my acting double. Incredible. And look how happy you both are. She's so happy with your performance and that you're her double and you're just having a wonderful time as well. And again, there's that kudos, that great, dynamic and chemistry when you're on set what a beautiful feeling you've had that a lot and is that important that's important isn't it to have that camaraderie with the actors and the crew i mean it sounds like so much fun you made them laugh and 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 you were in your element i wish it was always like that um there have definitely been occasions where i show up on set and my actress looks me up and down and either is unhappy for whatever reason. Um, I remember I showed up one time and my actress literally looked me up and down and went straight to the producer. Um, sorry, I skipped a part. She looks me up and down. Who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm your, I'm your stunt double. My name's Elizabeth and I'm here to, you know, support you and just help you with whatever you need. She turns around and goes straight to the producer and says, Elizabeth said that she'll do all my nude scenes. Oh my. So, um, there, yeah, there have definitely been times where I've either been, you know, kind of exploited or my actress doesn't like my figure or thinks that my figure is nicer than hers. But for whatever reason, you know, there have absolutely been times where it has not gone <laughs> very well and it reads in the final product. And so I do always go out of my way to try to make myself available. Um, and what I've learned is the more talented and uh, yeah, the more talented and professional the actress is, the better we get along. It's usually just the insecure ones um, that I've had issues with. So for the most part, I've been very, very lucky in that I've worked for some amazing talent. The other young lady that um, that is in the photo, that's Francesca Eastwood. That's Clint Eastwood's daughter. And 
what a talent. And I, to be honest, I had never really heard of her uh, until I showed up on set and we met and she had a lot of action. This, it was like, it was all about a bank robbery. And so there's gunplay, there's all sorts of just running, falling down the stairs. Um, and she, she liked, you know, that I had muscles. And so she, that was one of the first times that I had an actress that tried to look like me as well as me going through the works and trying to look like her. So it was this really beautiful symbiotic relationship and, and I feel like it, it reads in the final product because there are times where I'm like, wait, was that me or was that Francesca? <laughs> but she was really lovely to work with. And I'll be honest, when she was on the phone with her dad and I would hear his voice, I would get a little starstruck. I'm like, oh my God, it's Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Which she was hilarious. Absolutely. And she thought that was hilarious. You know, um, I love, we love Clint Eastwood and I'm with you on that. He's a uh, legend and Francesca Eastwood, his daughter, what a great experience that you got. And again, you said that level as you go higher up in the top professional skills and experience and uh, in that category, the, the humbleness is there, the appreciation for their craft, the respect. And that's the respect that you deserve and everyone deserves and, and every stunt person deserves. And um, Elizabeth, I want to tell you, you are absolutely lovely how you present. And I can see why she enjoyed it so much. And that's another great picture. I love it. You both are smiling. You're in sync. You can tell that you're in sync. And so where can people watch these two film productions? Can they just search for them online? um scary movie i'm i'm pretty sure is available on multiple platforms uh the vault i want to say it's on netflix i know it's on a major streaming uh uh platform um i'm pretty sure it's available on netflix great okay great wonderful wonderful thank you for that so check that out, uh, The Vault and Scary Movie. Is it Scary Movie 5? Scary Movie 5. Boy, they did really good, didn't they? When the, uh, four, three, four, five, that's, but you know what? It's fun to have one of those uh, as well. Um, a little campy and what a great experience with Molly Shallon, Shannon. And uh, we love her and adore her as well. Um, Elizabeth, I've got two more great po posters. I mean, you've, you have a smorgasbord that was kind of so hard to pick because I want everyone to, you know, follow Elizabeth, uh, on, um, Instagram and check her out on IMDB and su support her and follow her. Um, and cause she's in some wonderful, just look at the wonderful productions that she has been in and is, and continues to, uh, just so impressive, so impressive and a beautiful, beautiful career and couldn't be more deserved to a more beautiful heart, uh, Elizabeth, and that's you. Um, and so we've got another uh, two great we want stories on here, what you wanna share. Well, I'll start with VHS because that was, that was, that was one of those experiences that we had no idea what we were making while we were making it. 
this was literally um, a, a very close friend of mine, David Bruckner, brilliant, brilliant and talented director. Um, and he's since then gone on to do much bigger and better things. He works internationally quite a bit. Um, but we were literally just hanging out with some friends and he was like, you know, Davidovich, I have this idea. I have this idea for a monster, but it's really kind of messed up. But it's something that I just want to see. Like, I love the idea. And he starts expanding in, on this idea of this succubus creature and how she takes revenge on these, as in his words, these D-bag, you know, spring break dudes and how it would kind of be like a revenge story. And we were just kind of toying around with these ideas of wouldn't it be fun to see this and wouldn't it be fun to do that so it was just a concept that he literally just wanted to shoot for his own pleasure just because it's something that he thought would be entertaining you know for for us and so the script that he came up with was just a, a 10 or 15 minute long vignette, just a very short little mini movie. I think it was the second day of filming, the first time that we were, like we locked ourselves into a, in, in a hotel room for a weekend and made this movie. Uh, literally, it was just like all of our friends, just our makeup friends, our special effect, our puppeteer friends, uh, our stunt friends. And uh, uh, after about not even the first day of shooting, David gets a phone call from some associates of his saying, hey, we're putting together this found footage film and we would love for you to submit uh, maybe, I don't know, a 10 to 15 minute long vignette. And the, the style that we were shooting was found footage. It's all from the POV of our hero who's wearing these spy glasses. And David was like, holy crap, we're shooting something like that right now. And when we're done, we'll send it off to you. And, you know, if it fits, cool. Well, it fit. Next thing we know, we're at Sundance. We went from, hey, let's, let's just shoot this just for fun. And we thought we were just going to screen it our little, we would have a holiday party. At every year at our little studio where we we all kind of congregated so it went from screening at a Christmas party to next thing we know we got invited because the the production company that put together these little vignettes they filmed a wraparound story to connect all of these VHS tape stories and not only did we find ourselves at Sundance but by the end of the festival we were in the festival top 10 must see and so by virtue of that they added a bunch more screenings and so we ended up having multiple screenings multiple Q&As and at the end of the week Magnolia Pictures comes up and says hey we want to buy it and not only did they buy it but they turned it into a franchise and it, our, like our minds were melting how and I attribute the success to never not once did we ever try to imagine or think of 
what does the audience want to see? We made this movie for us. We thought that it would be entertaining and amusing and disturbing. And it was something that we wanted to see. And so ever since then, and still to this day, I treat things like, what would I want to see? What would entertain me? What would impress, you know, the me and my people? Um, and that's what we came up with. It's it's such an incredible story. Uh, I love this. I love it all the way to Sundance and beyond into even that's more. like a dream come true. Uh, that's that's a that's someone's dream right there going to Sundance and the visionary and the creativity behind it. How lovely that you could do it with your friends. And that's isn't that what it's all about? It really is. And it's so funny because a lot of us have. Well, I mean, everyone involved in that project, the producer, the the main actress, the director, we've all found some measure of success going on in different directions. And all we talk about whenever we reconnect is, I just want to make a movie with you again. <laughs> I just want to make a movie with my friends. But I, I think the the secret of that success is the sincerity. Yes, the sincerity and the authenticity and uh that wonderful community of friends let's now talk together. about a little bit about stranger things for i i was an instant fan when the show came out um and i was very fortunate to have worked for the stunt coordinator on a on previous shows so he brought me on uh, season three, it actually is when I started and he brought me on to double Winona, which I mean, iconic. And so I already being a fan of the show, I was excited on multiple levels and I, I did my homework because her character, Joyce, moves in a very specific way. And so I, you know, I, I really studied her movement and how, she, how, how that particular character reacted and how she moved when she was in mom mode. And so by the time I showed up on set, day one, I was... I was so ready. I was so committed to like, I just want to be the best Joyce that I can be. And, uh, and Winona recognized that. And so the very first stunt that I did, it wasn't really a stunt so much as I was just taking her place for a special effects uh, explosion. Cause of course we don't want our actors anywhere near that just in case. And thank God, because the first time we did it, it was a little bigger than we expected. And so my whole action was just to uh, jump out of the car and run away. But because I, you know, I studied her very specific posture, she actually made a point to come over and say, thank you. Because um, she was like, you know, I've had stunt girls run for me before, and they look like athletes. She was like, you look like me. And and I think she appreciated that because, and she told me this later, uh, it should be noted that Winona is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. She has an amazing figure. She looks 
an amazing. She goes out of her way to make the mom character not gorgeous. So she that posture is very purposeful. The the hair like she goes out of her way to make sure that the wardrobe is not flattering, that it's very mom like. Um, and so and it's funny because like she has to work to not be gorgeous. <laughs> and so the character moving in a way that isn't necessarily like, you know, cause everyone wants to be the superhero and everyone wants to be sexy and glamorous, but that's not Joyce. And so I'm more than willing to have the, you know, not sexy wig and the flannel shirts and the old Reeboks. I was more than okay with that. I had so much fun studying her and how she moved and it got to the point where whether they needed me or not if Winona had the option of using me she would say Liz got it and she would go <laughs> and like and just sit in the monitor and watch and I, I can't tell you how gracious she is she's one of the few actresses that she would think she actually she was like thank you for doing that and it, of course, I'm like, well, that's my job. But the fact that she's thanking me because she sees like, you know, there's a couple of scenes where these squibs are going off like right over my head and to simulate like uh, bullets. And so all of these sparks and, and she, you know, she really, really appreciated that. I was willing to put my physicality at risk to help tell this story. Um, I, I just, I'd never had an actress thank me for, for taking her place and for making it safe for her and making myself available. Even if I wasn't on camera, um, I remember there was one set where the, um, there were, there were a couple of levels to the set and everything was metal. And so our uh, David Harbor was doing a fight with somebody else and I was not on camera. I'm in the scene, but I wasn't on camera, but I took it upon myself to just be there because this one level, it was very easy to, to step off. And sure enough, uh, one of our makeup artists, uh, you know, she was doing last looks and she, uh, almost fell because she you know uh she just didn't see this step and I happened to be there and I just put my hand on the small of her back and I was like oh I got you I got you Winona came all the way from video village to come over to thank me for being there and for keeping people safe so to have I mean to have anybody recognizing that sort of thing is already more than I would expect I'm genuinely just there, you know, I just, I really didn't want anyone to, to break an ankle. Everything was metal and just dangerous, but to have the actress, usually they're sitting in their, you know, in their chairs and they're comfortable and she goes out of her way to say, Hey, thank you for doing that. And it's a testament to how gracious she is and how much she cares about all of the cast and all of the crew. She has this natural maternal nurturing energy but she's very quiet she's very reserved and so she doesn't 
she doesn't have a big presence on set. So when she sees something like that, she'll just very quietly come over and say, thank you. And I, I mean, that just, it thrills me to no end because I have so much respect for what she does and, and for how long she's been doing it. I, I, she is absolutely a class act and hands down one of my most favorite actresses that I've ever doubled. Um, and I doubled her for two seasons. Um, I'm hoping to go back, definitely hoping to go back. Um, but I've been, uh, I've recently, I've paradigm shifted into a lot more stunt coordinating. And so I'm actually, right now I'm coordinating a TV show with another one, uh, on the way. Um, and so I haven't been as available. <laughs> um, but I've definitely like, you know, if uh, I mean, if Winona calls, I'll drop everything, I'll come running. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What it's a so great, great story to talk to you about all of these wonderful moments in your life, Elizabeth. And, you know, again, I just want to say we celebrate you and we celebrate Winona and all the great uh, productions you've been in and all the great actors. It, it's just, it's truly phenomenal. It really, really is. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, bring in two more posters that are just so much fun. We've got Jamie Foxx in Day Shift and the Beanie Bubble. Now I have to tell you, I met Jamie Foxx uh, one time and he's such a class act, such a nice guy. And I'm so glad everything, you know, is is back to normal we wish him a lot of blessings him and his family so that's a wonderful thing we want to talk about day shift and then and your experience with uh on that set and then the beanie bubble um and i want everyone to search for these online and watch them because they're truly entertaining and they're great with us fun your thoughts um i'll start with day shift because i was just a stunt player on on that one um i did have uh the great fortune of getting to double Carla. Um, she had several doubles because as a vampire, um, our director, the brilliant JJ Perry, stuntman extraordinaire, um, he created a scene where, because we're vampires and we move so quickly, we actually had multiple doubles to simulate. And he would just, you know, with quick camera movement, go from one double to another to make it look like we were vamping as we were beating up Jamie Foxx. So I, I was thrilled to be involved in that portion of it. And I just cannot say enough nice things about JJ. It was his directorial debut. Um, he was an amazing athlete uh, in his own right and then amazing stunt coordinator and then worked his way up to directing and the energy on that set was incredible and it trickled down to every single department it trickled down to every single individual it was it was such an incredible it, it felt electric on set and JJ would run around and like, he'd be directing this thing, but then he would come over to check rehearsal over here. And it was just like, you couldn't keep up with him. He was, 
such a powerful vision. He knows exactly what he wants. He knows exactly how to shoot it. And we had so much fun shooting it. Watching it back, I, I mean, it's it's really incredible action. And JJ, um, he incorporated contortionists in such a way that we were literally like crumpling these these vampires and and doing these practical action that had just never been done before. So I absolutely loved watching JJ do his thing, command that set to the point where Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg were like it, even even scenes that they weren't necessarily in they would come and watch some of the setups and i it was just it was such an epic production to be a part of um a lot of people draw comparisons they say it's like John Wick with vampires um and i think that association happens just because you know John Wick was directed by a stuntman. This was directed by a stuntman. Um, I personally feel like um, it, it does have a similar kind of energy. But Day Shift was so much fun. And I really think that that fun translated into the final product. Because I don't know anybody who has watched that movie that doesn't have just a massive smile on their face. So that was beyond fun um and yeah working with jamie and working with snoop um i of course i wish i had more time with them um but with my limited experience with them absolutely class acts could not be nicer could not be more professional it was such a pleasure to be a part of that production so i'm really excited you know i i hope they make you know, the, I, I know the sequel is going to be amazing. And I, I just, I cannot wait to see what else JJ come up, comes up with. Really great. Thank you for that. And um, so much fun. Um, let's talk a little bit about the beanie bubble. Um, this is, there's some really fun comedic. I know it's, there's some comedy in it and tell us more about it. So I got to coordinate this uh, this film that um, you know it's it it's not a huge action movie, but I love that it starts with a reenactment of something that really happened, which was the you know this big semi on a highway that has an accident and Beanie Babies just go flying all over the highway. And so the, just the very first scene, that was a whole second unit, just what a joy that was to film. Um, it was a husband and wife director, uh, Kristen Gore and Damien Kulash, who Damien is the lead singer of a band called OK Go. And for people who are not familiar with the music videos of OK Go, Google them look at look it up on youtube some of the most masterful uh videos i have ever seen in my life the just the 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 different amazing visions that they're able to execute uh 
absolutely brilliant. So Damien brought that same creativity and that same kind of energy into the film. Um, kind of side note, a uh, little bit of a coincidence. Um, I had a rock and roll catering company for a little over a decade, and I actually worked for OK Go at one point as a hospitality director. <laughs> so I had met Damien in a completely different capacity. So here I am years later, his stunt coordinator for his film. And it was just one of those full circle moments that was just so incredibly cool. Um, but being a musician and having really good rhythm, I really saw how that translated into the rhythm of the film. And then you combine that with the unbelievable acting of Zach Galifianakis. Holy cow. Comedians, I have so much respect for because that is so incredibly difficult. It's, it's hard enough to be funny one time, but to do take after take after take and make it fresh and funny every single time, that is, that is impressive. And I, I've worked with some really, really talented comedians, and it never ceases to amaze me how serious they are about their comedy. Whether it's practicing the same line of dialogue over and over again with the inflection on the first word, on the second word, on the third, until they find exactly where the humor is, it's almost surgical. It's so impressive and then as soon as they call action and the cameras are rolling it's so organic and they make it sound like it's the first time that's ever been said it's so impressive and zach is a master when it comes to that and the number of times that he would just kind of be off in the corner going over the sides going over the dialogue and i hear him kind of like talking to himself and and, you know, figuring out exactly how he's going to deliver it. That man works hard. And he works so incredibly hard, but makes it look effortless. It was such a joy to watch. It was such a joy to even just be a small part of. Because, um, again, not a huge action movie. But, you know, there's a punch here and a slap there and a fall here and a, a car crash, um, which that was actually cut out of the movie. One of the one of the most enjoyable scenes that I've ever gotten to shoot <laughs> me in a car uh, down low so that you can't see me do. I'm and I'm I'm doing the steering and I'm doing the braking. But the gag is that Zach is pushing the car and that it loses control and crashes into a car that Elizabeth Banks is sitting on. So I'm literally blind in the car. <laughs> like, just, you know, just with just, Zach right here. And, you know, he's just kind of like sidebar chit chatting with me as we're shooting the scene. <laughs> um, and I know that they they ended up cutting that scene because. We got so much incredible footage that if we included all of it, it would have been a four hour long movie, if not longer. There was so much good stuff that we just didn't have time for. And I give Damien so much credit for having the ability to feel the rhythm and the momentum of the film to just make sure that the story got told. So yeah, this was a great scene that we shot, 
but it messed up with the rhythm and the timing and we really needed to get to this story point instead. So he was willing to sacrifice. That's amazing to me. That's a whole other kind of discipline that I'm, I'm wanting to learn as I get more into coordinating and now producing. Um, I just, I have so much respect for, for that level of discipline because you spend so much time and so much money. You're so invested in this and you, I I've worked with people that are like, Oh, we'll find a way to shoehorn it in, but then it feels shoehorned in. Whereas the beanie bubble at one point, I don't even remember. I got up off the couch and I was like inches away from the screen. It literally drew me in because it was so funny and it was so engaging. And I, I, and my boyfriend's laughing at me cause he, he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. We come back to the couch, but it was such a, just such a wonderful experience from, from beginning to end. Uh, and I cannot say enough nice things about Elizabeth Banks as well. She had just, um, she had just finished uh, cocaine bear, which was her directorial debut, which I didn't realize that she was directing. Um, but that was, it was really cool to be able to connect with her and say, Oh yeah, by the way, I was your, uh, uh I was the, the double for Carrie Russell jumping off the waterfall. And she was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so it was really cool to, to reconnect with her and to talk after the movie was filmed but before it was released and to get her insight on the challenges um it, she was so insightful when it came to when we were filming the beanie bubble she would have input on you know she would most actresses when they call cut they you know get touched up or you know they get snacks or whatever she would go straight to village and she was like okay let me watch playback and what do you think if we used a crane instead and did this and come down and just, and her suggestions were pretty on point. So it was really fun to work with her, to see her developing her skills as a director. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just a really cool coincidence that I happened to get uh, picked up for the second unit bit of action just for that one scene in her movie, but to be able to say, oh yeah, by the way. <laughs> So we had a lot of fun, Liz and Liz on set. We had a lot of fun. So much fun. And I just, I'm, I'm enjoying this so much. You know, everybody loves Elizabeth Banks in succession. And Elizabeth and, was you know, such a good sport about, um, because I, I, one of the reasons I was in the car was to manage the speed. So, and so I was on the brake. And after every take, I'd be like, okay, so how was that impact? And she was like, give me more. And I'm like, okay. So it got to the point where I was completely off the brake, put it in neutral, and I was just steering and nose to nose. And she was great about it. She, yeah, she was all about it and communicated really well. You know, she would tell me, you know, on a scale of one to 10, she was like, yeah that was about an eight. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so her communication was great. Her willingness to be crashed into, um, it was, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
I just love hearing that support and that camaraderie. How do you feel? And uh, how do the stunt people feel? Um, you as a producer, an actress, how do you feel about artificial intelligence, Elizabeth? Um, well, first, uh, I'm going to add the disclaimer that I definitely do not, you know, speak for the whole stunt community because for as many individuals are out there, that's how many different opinions there are. I personally feel like it's an evolution of CG. And we used to feel pretty threatened by how, by that technology. For me, my feelings changed after Transformers um, because that particular film, to me, kind of represented all of the things about CG that took life away from the film and while on so many technical levels it is a very masterful film do i care about it not a bit not one bit because i i'm not feeling the danger i'm not feeling any of it because no matter how well done it is on some level we know that it's not real it starts to look almost like a cartoon and so my opinion is cg should be used like icing on a cake you you use it to enhance but you can't make the whole cake out of icing there's got to be substance to it and the way that i look at ai is just an extension of that when it's overused the audience can feel it even if it's on a subconscious level, our computer brains know, oh, okay, that element of danger isn't really there. That fire is not really real. I'll tell you right now, when I was on Walking Dead season five, you can see me on fire really getting burnt to a crisp because that was a practical burn and it was supposed to be a partial burn but because we were filming outside during daylight and it was difficult to see the flames, our director asked, well, can we go a little bit bigger? Unfortunately, as soon as they called action, this massive wind, we were shooting at the sanctuary. And so we were in between warehouses. As soon as they called action, this wind gust just turned it into a, a wind tunnel and it ended up wrapping the flames completely around my head. And I ended up getting second degree burns all over my face. I lost inches of my hairline. I lost all my eyelashes. Um, wherever I did not have zombie makeup on, I, it was burnt almost to the bone. Um, I still have scars to this day. <clears throat> um, but when you watch it, you feel like oh, that that zombie's on fire. You might not care because it's just a zombie, but you feel that it's real because it is. The flip side of that, when you have computer-generated flames, the, uh, your computer brain can kind of sense it and it doesn't really feel catastrophic. It, you don't feel that element of danger and you're not, you don't end up getting nearly as engaged or emotionally invested. So for me, my opinion is as much as you can do practically and safely, do it practically. 
and then add whether it's CG or AI elements because it's all it's all essentially just technology. So use that like icing on the cake. Use it to enhance a little bit here and there. Um, if you can use like, for example, a real flame bar and then just add a little bit, you know, just, just, just a little bit, just to really make it like, you know, exciting for the audience. So in proportions, it can absolutely elevate a project, but if you're trying to bake your whole cake with it, it's yeah there's no substance to it people aren't going to care and you end up getting something like transformers and i don't mean any disrespect at all but when i'm sitting there complimenting the sound design like you're you're not being entertained by the story <laughs> you can be impressed with the technicalities all day long and they really do there's some masterful technical execution but then, you know, you look at the credits and it's just um, nonstop of all of the all of the computer graphics. So the more you can do practically, I do believe that the audience feels it. And so using technology, I feel like it should just be used in as minimal increments as possible, the same way that, you know, a, a good makeup job, you don't notice the makeup. And so I feel like it should be approached the same way. It shouldn't be so noticeable that it pulls you out of the story. I love that answer. And um, um, yes. And but you there's, you know, there's plenty of room in our industry for animation, for, for the really outlandish above and beyond, you know, like we know, we know when Captain America is throwing that person across the, like we know that that's not really happening, but you know, to some degree, uh, if if that's if that's the fantasy story that we want to get lost in, then people will get lost in it. Yes, that's right. And it's a very controversial uh, subject. It's a hot topic. It's interesting how we'll see how it pans out over the next few years because it's going. To, we'll hear hear more about it and uh, all of that. But uh, thank you so much for expressing your opinion, and we value that and appreciate you so much. Um, the idea of you tell us about that and then also uh you've, we've got this beautiful photo of you by a photographer a special photographer who i'd like you to mention the name it's such a beautiful photo of you i had to include it and just the lighting and it captures your beauty um your natural beauty and you're just gorgeous in it so uh over to you elizabeth take us take us into uh the idea of you um, well, first, I would like to give the photographer credit. Uh, his name is Nate Dorn, and he is a uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal photographer. Um, we met on the set of, uh, it was a music video that ended up turning into a short film called Ghost of Old Highways, which I absolutely recommend people going on YouTube and watching not only Ghost of Old Highways, but I fully, fully uh, encourage people to watch the making of because it's one of the most 
as a for, for anybody who is up and coming as a filmmaker that is incredibly inspiring um it's a it's just an interview with the artist the musical artist ben lovett and our director dan bush and it talks about the evolution of how it went from a music video into a short film that then uh inspired ben to create an original composition based on the film that was based on the song and like this whole amazing circle of creativity that to this day i find really inspiring and actually the very first big film franchise that i ever got hired uh it was fast five and at one point i overheard a couple of the guys on the stunt team talking about this oh hey did you see the most issue of um, nofilmschool.com they're featuring this uh, independent thing that was made in uh, Atlanta and Asheville. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And it was our video. And it was a whole exercise in the whole idea was how to tell a story using just your creativity and having zero budget. The, the, our joke on set was our budget was negative $10,000. And we were literally like turning our pockets inside out to shoot this music video for Ben because Ben had donated so many original scores to independent filmmakers in Atlanta that we collectively offered to do music videos for him for free. And so it was just this, this beautiful relationship, but gorgeous music video. And again, the fact that it in turn inspired Ben to turn around and create an original composition, I definitely recommend watching the making of Ghost of Old Highways because for people that have no money, sometimes that's a blessing. So I, I fully recommend it. And Nate Dorn, who was our BTS uh, photographer, has created a whole gallery of artwork that are just stills from, from that film. And I have a bunch of them hanging up in my, in my gym just because it's gorgeous artwork. Um, but it's also, you know, it's kind of like movie posters, but brilliant, brilliant photographer. And I, I, I definitely recommend following him on social media. His pictures are just gorgeous. Um, but uh, The Idea of You, um, that's a film <clears throat> that I coordinated with uh, Anne Hathaway. And yeah, really lovely, really gracious, very talented. Um, I really enjoyed working with her. Not a huge action film, again, but such a cute story. Such a great script. The music is going to be... Um, it, it, I can't say enough nice things about it. And I kind of don't want to spoil anything because it's going to come out this summer. But I, I you know, I, I've really been fortunate to work on a lot of projects, very few that I'm genuinely excited to see that come out. Like I was really excited for Beanie Bubble to come out and that did not disappoint. Um, and we did prolong the release of the idea of you uh, because of the strikes. Um, but it is coming out this summer and I'm, I'm very excited, 
the acting is just, it's, they were so lovely and so endearing. Um, it was such a pleasure to shoot. So I'm really looking forward to that. I did want to out. say is this I'm is amazing, uh, busy. And also, how did you get to work with Anne Hathaway? I mean, is, is it her story? Is it, is she the executive producer? How is, how did that come about? Um, she was one of our producers. Um, and I believe the story is loosely based on, um, on a real actress and a younger musician. Um, I kind of don't want to say anymore because, you know, for, for NDA purposes. Um, but I, I, I can say that it was loosely based on somewhat of a true story. Um, it was very, very fun to film, um, to, to, to have our love, to watch them coming together. The, the chemistry on set was so sweet. And uh, there are some very young faces, uh, some very talented uh some very very talented young people um do you remember the film that thing you do that tom hanks did it has that same kind of great soundtrack really youthful energy really really cute love story and um yeah i think i think that's about as much as i can say without uh giving away any more of the story um, but Anne was incredibly gracious to work with. And even though she was one of the producers, she was not heavy handed at all. As a matter of fact, she, when she would put her producer hat on, it was mostly to take care of the cast and the crew to make sure, like, I actually heard her at one point asking some of the other cast members, like, have you eaten? Have you had a chance to eat yet? Have you had a chance to take a break yet? Have you like incredibly sweet, incredibly gracious, completely opposite of some experiences where I see producers walking around going, why are we spending money on that? And why is that person here? So completely opposite. And um, yeah, I just, I, I can't say enough nice things about her. I'm super excited to, to see it. And when it comes out, when is it coming out, Elizabeth? I believe it's coming out in May. Okay, so we'll look for that this summer. Um, I'm thrilled that you got to work on this, The Idea of You. Check it out, everybody, on IMDb. And look for it this summer in May. And uh, again, this has been so wonderful. You're such a great guest. And I, you know, I could go on and on talking to you because you are a delight in every way, Elizabeth. And, you know, we're friends for life. I want you to know I'm here for you every step of the way. I'd love to be able to keep in contact with you as well. You're doing, I'm just so proud of you. My sister, my fellow sister, you're doing awesome. And, um, I did want to ask, you know, we have to start wrapping it up soon uh, and we're going to do our heart messages before we close the show. But I did want to ask you, do you want to give a, 
a special shout out to anybody or a thank you or any kind of um, acknowledgement that you would like to to share over to you elizabeth actually um at the risk of sounding like i'm receiving some kind of award i genuinely want to thank my family and especially my significant other daniel um it's so incredibly difficult um there was a show that i did uh it was a superhero show naomi that was so labor intensive that my family like they didn't see me for months from august to end of january february it was so labor intensive because as a you know for people who work in television you know that you're prepping one uh one episode while you're shooting another and then I, it's just non-stop non-stop work and so it was really really difficult for my family because they i mean for my mom she's worried that i'm not eating for my dad he's worried that i'm not sleeping you know for to not see my boyfriend for for so long it was extremely difficult. It was very taxing on everybody. Um, so more than anything else, I just, I'm so incredibly grateful to have their full support. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to do it and, and, and feel good about it because of course I love what I do. I love telling stories. I love making people feel things. And I love, I love the idea of creating something that might change people's filter of how they even view the world, whether it's, wow, I didn't know that that was possible or being inspired by a love story or watching some, some sort of assault or abuse and, and feeling like, oh, I'm not the only person who's had to endure that. So making people feel things and then I don't know, coming, coming back to the, the world, you know, with a slightly different filter or a slightly just a, a small shift in thinking. That's such an incredible gift to be a part of. And so I, I love so much what it is that I do. But I also know that sometimes that means being on set for 18 hours nonstop, six days a week, maybe weeks or months at a time. And that, you know, for families, that's really difficult to adjust to. Even if it's, you know, we're shooting nights and my family is like, oh, my God, she's out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. Is she OK? You know, just even little things like that. are It's just really, really taxing. Um, so more than anything else, I'm just really grateful to have a family that. Considering they spent the first 10 years of my career trying to talk me out of it. <laughs> now everybody is more than supportive and um that that means everything oh that's a wonderful um appreciation that you have and i'm so happy to hear you've got a good support system because in this in the entertainment industry you need that you need good family uh you know supportive friends uh so so important so thank you for that Elizabeth and you know I've I've enjoyed this this is one of my favorite shows I just adore you and love you and and 
you're such a beautiful you really are i just have to say such a beautiful heart you are you're humble you're grateful thankful appreciative of life and that's why you're so successful because you've always kept that grounded centered um you know love of life and love of people and that's a true star so you are a rock star you're a superstar and i just want to tell you that and acknowledge you and um thank you again so much for for being my guest tonight and um i'm so happy with i'm so happy with this show and i know people are gonna love it so um elizabeth now we're gonna do um our heart messages okay um, the purpose of life is not to be happy it is to be useful to be honorable to be compassionate to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well and i don't have the i think it's um uh, emerson who said that uh so i just want to include that of, of that and it really is important to be you know you, we can change the world we can what we can each of our choices do impact it's a ripple effect throughout the world and you can make a difference and that's what we're here for we're here to have the compassion we're here to have you know to change our world as filmmakers and storytellers to make it better and um you're a, a great part of that elizabeth i hope you loved that heart message and over to you well i would the first thing that comes to mind is uh actually to paraphrase uh i think the author is khalil gibran i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right um forgive me if i'm not but in essence, move in passion, but rest in reason. Wow, sure. What does that. it mean to it, you? To me, it means that when I'm moving through life, that I am I'm moving with emotion. But when I'm resting, I'm, I'm grounded in reality. And every, every action that I take is, comes from a foundation of, of logic and reason. I'm a very emotional person. And I think that's one of the things that makes me a good artist. I'm highly, highly sensitive, uh, <laughs> maybe to a fault. Um, but I, I've definitely embraced that sensitivity because I do think that that's what makes me aware of the subtle things that, that, uh, that make me a good artist, but as emotional as I might get, I have to stay grounded. And so in order to stay grounded, I am tethered to reality and that's, that's being very logical. And that's the only way that I can make sure that my emotions don't run off and, and take me to some irrational, crazy place. So I can be very emotional, but then when I'm resting, I rest in reason. You know, uh, Elizabeth, that is so exquisite how you said it. And you said it beautifully, and I absolutely love it. I love it. And thank you for explaining it. And it means even more 
uh, a deeper meaning when when you shared what it means to you. So thank you. And thank you for being a wonderful guest. You know, I've enjoyed this so much. And um, I want you to come back anytime uh, if you like in the future and we can catch up again. And um, how can people follow you? Are you on Facebook, Instagram? Um, I, I no longer do do the Facebook. Um, okay. Um, but I am on Instagram. Um, I'm on Clubhouse and, um, on occasion. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, as far as um, following my career or, or any of the work things that I do, I, I pretty much just use Instagram. And I do have some really exciting things on the horizon coming this year. And so I am, I'm, very much looking forward to um, talking more about that once, you know, once we're on the other side of it. Um, but I can definitely say that the project that I'm working on now is exactly like what you were saying. Just the most phenomenal group of people, the kind of people that you look forward to spending time with yeah. and shooting stuff that just makes you feel good about life. Mm -hmm. It's excellent writing. Um, our, our number one is our writer and director for a few episodes. I cannot say enough nice things about the, the caliber of talent. It's one of those shows that not a whole lot of action, but the action that's there, very, very funny. And it's just such a pleasure to be a part of. So I'm really looking forward to being able to promote that, um, as well as a very, very fun feature that um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait uh, until I'm able to talk about it. We're under major like NDA agreements right now. Um, but I'm so excited to be working with this director again. I literally have not worked with him. I think it's been 18 years since wow. we've worked together. Wow. And and it's one of those relationships that we we got along so well that we were like, oh, I can't wait to make another movie with you. And then we, you know, got busy, found success. And now we're finally going to reconnect and make a movie again together. So I'm very excited about that one. Um, and that should be uh, in a perfect world. We will be filming it over the summer and then expediting the release as quickly as possible to try to get it out by Halloween. Oh, fabulous. And I'm super thrilled and excited for you. Fingers crossed, uh, both fingers crossed. And isn't it great? I just love, love, love. You're going to work with wonderful people and um, super happy for you, Elizabeth. And you deserve all the very best because you are such a sweetheart. And I want to tell you how magical you are. You make magic Elizabeth, happen. thank you again for being such a wonderful guest. And uh, anything else you want to say before we close the show? Thank you so much for having me. I, I've really enjoyed getting to know you, thank you. Um, through through the you know, through our clubhouse room. And I never anticipated that we would be able to have this much of an in-depth conversation. And it was just so much fun yeah. because I know that we've kind of 
you know, we've talked a little bit in the rooms about what we're working on and things that we're doing, but to be able to talk to you directly like this uh, was just so much fun. And I'm, I'm just really excited to have, uh, you know, to, to grow our relationship and I'm, I'm super excited for you and the things that you're doing. So I'm, just beyond thrilled that I could contribute to that. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you. Please, if I Elizabeth. can help you in any way and support you in any way, I'd love to do that. And thank you again so much for being a spectacular guest. And um, I just, I'm looking forward to our, our friendship growing as well. I hope we can collaborate again on some project. And um, thank you again, your absolute absolute exquisite guest and uh just i just cherish this so so much and cherish you so thank you thankful and grateful for you and elizabeth until we meet again until next time <laughs>